The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. As always, you got Pinade and Pootie. I can't really say as always, though, because I feel like I've missed like half the episodes recently because I'm always working. So I feel like we did the one where Colleen and I were, uh, we did it ourselves at home um, because you and I couldn't find a time to both meet. We had the at home equipment. Uh, but then you were around last week. It was just uh, Jacob and Eric, and I didn't let you get a word in edgewise. I apologize. That, no, that's that's okay. Eric had a lot a lot of good things to say, and Jacob looks so fired up that I was like, I actually had a little fried duck. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, I don't want to like unless I can match his fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, it's like you know when somebody's like super passionate, you come on and be like, and yeah, uh, it's just like it always feels very awkward. Right. So I was just feels, like, just feels like it didn't go. fit. Feels well, like it didn't fit. Well, he was like preaching. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like it's like you don't J- interrupt the. J- Master you can preaching. tell Jacob's a preacher, eh? He, yeah. he reminds me of like an old, uh, like a, like an old Spurgeon, where it's just like I feel like at any moment a sermon's going to come out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, he, I bet you when he's like disciplining his kids and stuff, he's like yeah. talking very calmly, and then he's like, and I have five points." Yeah. <laughs> I can see that he's got five kids at home too, so there's pl- probably plenty of time for discipline. There's four points of why you need <laughs> yeah. to repent and go to sleep. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are the Rebel Podcast, and uh, we are part of the Rebel Alliance Media. Uh, you can check out every thing that uh, we do at rebelalliancemedia.com. We also just want to thank our patrons. If you want to give back to the show, uh, the show will always be free, uh, but we, uh, we appreciate all of the support from our patrons. And if you would like to give back to the show, patreon.com slash rebelalliance. And they've allowed us to do a lot of fun stuff, actually, um, including recently start dropping the Eschatology 201 uh, videos. Yeah, so thanks to everybody who's, uh, who helped make that happen. Mm-hmm. And for everybody who's been supporting that and sharing them and commenting on them, we appreciate it. One of the things we tried to do, I know you're used to us uh, dropping videos on Facebook, uh, but we're trying to kind of establish the YouTube channel. So we would appreciate if you run onto our YouTube channel. A lot of the old videos that we circulated on Facebook when they first dropped are on YouTube now, as well as all of Eschatology 101 and all of Eschatology, well, and the Eschatology 201s are dropping uh, as we speak. So uh, head on over to the YouTube channel and uh, find Rebel Alliance Media and uh, like some of those videos and share them and subscribe and hit the bell thing so you get the notifications. Yeah, and a thousand likes, Nate will do Eschatology 3.1 because, you know, he has to. (laughs) 
because <laughs> I just like talking about eschatology. <laughs> well, yeah. just, it just keeps expanding. It just keeps expanding. This is it's, your thing. This will be the thing. Yeah. Well, just just like the gospel permeating the earth. <laughs> you see? Yeah, you see? see um, okay, so uh, one of the things, so you talked about Eric and uh, and Jacob. We were so thankful to have them on the show the last couple of weeks. And I guess what, we, uh, what we'll start off with, uh, because we're actually going to scour some headlines and talk about... Um, Rebel News for this episode. This is kind of a catch. Let's catch up on what's going on in the culture episode. Uh, but before we do that, let's just kind of chat about um, some of the backlash, I guess, from uh, our, our Bruxy KV, Paul Carter, TGC stuff. Uh, we titled those uh, those episodes. Um, Bruxy Cavey and the TGC mess. <laughs> um, and, uh, and we've kind of started a bit of a hashtag clean up the mess. Hashtag and, um, and basically what we're asking for. So since then, what's interesting is that, uh, we sent out, we sent this podcast before we aired it to gospel coalition, Canada, wanted to let them know that it was dropping, wanted to invite them into some dialogue. Um, they were a little disappointed because by the time this episode was coming out, um, it was also announced that Bruxy Cavey and Paul Carter were going on a bit of a, a lecture tour, a pub tour. Um, the, their bromance is like, it's boarding on, like, <laughs> it's insane. Well, like, so, so they're going on this tour together and they're chatting about things. And I guess some of the TGC guys were um, disappointed that our our episode didn't talk about the conversations that happened there. Um, I've went on and listened to the conversations and I know this, uh, Paul Carter and some of the TGC guys were, were happy to hear Bruxy say, you know, we're talking about maybe whether we should embrace the word inerrancy. And I, I just... This, this just brings it back to, we've talked about this ad nauseum, and so I don't want to rehash the whole thing, but it is not a win for Bruxy Cavey to start using our language when he mean, has different definitions for the same words. Yeah, exactly. And, and this is, and some of the, some of the backlash we got for that whole thing is first of all, accusing us of not reaching out to the individuals involved. We have, um, not, not, uh, not actually wanting to work towards any sort of solution, just wanting to slander. That's certainly not our intent. Our intent here is that the gospel coalition has given Bruxy Cavey a platform. Um, they've given him the, the sort of stamp of approval and, uh, we're real pastors and laymen in real churches who have real people whose family members are caught up in Bruxy Anity Bruxy Cavia. And are um, and are struggling because it's not the same gospel, and they have their third way, and um, they don't believe in inerrancy, and um, their their parents have been battling. Um, anyways, real world stuff, and I'm glad that people can have conversations in their ivory towers about the definition of de- definitions of words. But um, for those of us doing real church ministry, and I'm not accusing anybody in the TGC of not doing that, but I'm saying these conversations are not divorced from real church work where there are real people who are affected by um, the biblical truths that Bruxy is teaching against. Yeah. We showed a clip. He said, I don't care if you believe PSA, just don't preach it. Yeah. It's damaging. He he also like not to rehash the old garment. He also said Jesus didn't live a perfect life. Yeah, <laughs> and so he broke the law. There's there's a lot of problems there, and he's very clever about the way he speaks. Yeah. Um, but we we have episodes up on all those yeah. things. I the for all, the only comment I would have in terms of the people like giving us a hard time saying we're wanting to slander. We're not out to slander. We've asked to speak to those people. Um, the the thing is yet like for those members of the TGC. 
ask yourself the question, would you be happy if people were moving away from your church and were going to go to the meeting house as their primary place of worship? And the answer to that question should be no. Right. And, and if that's true, then what are we doing? Exactly. Why are you put it? Why are you allowing Paul Carter to put a stamp of approval on it? Because the truth is, and we're all guilty of this. You're, you're, looking at something and you'd be like, well, what does this person say about it? Well, once you've given that, given Bruxy KV the stamp of approval that he's covered by the gospel coalition and all of the weight that that comes with, because to be honest, most people don't realize it's gospel coalition, Canada. They just see the overarching network, right? I agree. And so they think, Oh, Bruxy KV on the same level as Keller. And he's on the same level as DeYoung, And he's on the same level as all these other guys. And that's not the case. Right. And I would just say for the, uh, our many American listeners, I would just say if you have the ear of somebody connected to the Gospel Coalition in America, um, I, would, I would send them those episodes or, or talk to them about what's going on because I think um, you're absolutely right, Chris. The TGC Canada is flying under the banner of Gospel Coalition in America. And I think guys like Kevin DeYoung would, would just go insane if they, if they saw the kind of nonsense coming out like giving props to Bruxy KV. So... Um, yeah, so, uh, that fight is certainly not over. Uh, we thank you. We, we talk about the backlash, but we thank you for so many, uh, positive comments. Uh, we got some comments from a couple pastors. I don't have permission to say their names, but from, uh, places in and around London where we live, um, places up in Ottawa, places down in, in Windsor of pastors who have been watching this from afar, not getting involved in the fight and thanked us for, for jumping into the fray and kind of calling TGC to task. So we're really, really thankful for those who, who have uh, um, vocalized their support as well. So thank you for that. And, uh, and let's, let's keep hoping that uh, TGC cleans up the mess because it is a mess and it needs to be cleaned. Amen. Okay, um, we're going to jump into a bunch of news and uh, I'm going to start with one. I don't know uh, it, uh, how long ago it was since you ate lunch, Chris, so maybe I'll get you <laughs> hungry with this one. But uh, um, did you know Chick-fil-A is coming to Toronto, has come to Toronto by the time this airs? Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. We had church members who went on Saturday. Oh, did they? Yeah. Nice, yeah, nice. They went and checked it out. Um, so Chick-fil-A opens their first Toronto location, uh, and, uh, the headline of the CBC, which is a Canadian broadcasting corporation or something like that, um, which is as left leaning a news source as there is. This is the CNN of Canada for all our American listeners. Um, the headline reads Chick-fil-A opens first Toronto location to adoring customers and angry protesters. And that's a good way of, uh, of putting it. I mean, uh, it's Chick-fil-A. So the lineup of customers was out the door. Lots of people who wanted a chicken sandwich. Um, but then there were a whole lot of protesters. Listen, so the, the main sign, the main sign that was getting distributed was Chuck Off. I think it's Cluck Off. That makes way more sense. Yeah, I, I think so. You know what? I'm going to leave that in just so our <laughs> listeners can see me uh, um, realizing that I can't apparently read cursive. <laughs> And it makes way more sense. I was actually going to make fun of the sign. Like, what does that actually mean? Uh, there goes my whole bit, Chris. Uh, thanks for that. And First, there's Patreon. <laughs> Seriously, Not Ben real. Emery's going to be all over me on that one. Uh, okay. Um, so now that I can read, Cluck Off is at least a little bit more clever than I was giving them credit for. So I'll just skip my whole bit about, about how silly their sign is. Um, but there's also uh, Chick-fil-A is full A homophobia. That one's not so clever. That's not that, am I missing something on that one or is that nope. just not clever? Okay. Whew. Good. Um, no, that's just stupidity. That's just stupidity. So um, 
for those of you, I mean, most of, most of our listeners are from the U.S. You guys know Chick-fil-A. Um, so here's a Canadian uh, reporter who's, uh, who's writing this article, and they say, A controversial U.S. fast food chain has opened in downtown Toronto to a long line of customers, but also a group of outraged protesters, which is a good way of describing the protesters. Um, Chick-fil-A, which is known for both its fried chicken and its owner's religious views, Uh, started serving up chicken dishes Friday morning. It's the first franchised location in Canada, opening five years after a Chick-fil-A startup in Calgary Airport before recently closing. When the Toronto restaurant opened at 10.30 a.m., customers streamed in as protesters chanted shame outside the front doors. Um, Oh, actually, yeah. Anyway, um, so... It's, it's interesting. So they interviewed a couple of people. Somebody said, uh, we won't tolerate your hateful rhetoric here, <laughs> which like, I wish I could, this is, this is coming from a guy who just misread the signs that they were holding, but, um, <laughs> like not tolerating somebody's hateful rhetoric is intolerant. Like, do, do people not see when, whenever they say we won't tolerate something is being intolerant? Like, I just don't understand. This is lefty logic, um, at its finest. Um, so it's opening, it opened in Toronto. Um, there's, uh, there was a bunch of protesters who basically called Chick-fil-A a, uh, a corporation that promotes hate and discrimination against the LGBT community. And all of this is essentially centered around the idea that when Obergefell came out, um, the, uh, the Chick-fil-A founder, uh, spoke against that ruling. Um, that's where a lot of this comes from. And I know they've been in the news quite a bit, but, um, what do you make of the controversy, Chris? Have you had Chick-fil-A? I've, I've had it in the States before. Yeah. I, um, uh, we had it actually when we were with the Van Brimmers in New York for the first time. It was delicious. It is delicious. Like, it's actually very good. I was kind of expecting, okay, this is kind of like you know, KFC has a, has a chicken burger. No, it's better. It's much better than KFC. I, I realize this might be like Harris. I don't, th- I don't find it any better than Popeye's, but like, Oh, I know. Let the letters gonna, stream in. All the all the hate mail, all the hate yeah. mail, whatever. <laughs> Calm down. That it's at chicken. Chris, um, <laughs> like my here, my main thing about this whole this whole thing is like, let them protest. Like at the at the end of the day, all you're doing is helping Chick Fil A's brand because the simple fact is, if like it's it's long been established that any publicity is good publicity, so. All you're basically doing is wanting everybody else to go to Chick-fil-A because the truth is 5% of the population thinks one like is out is out protesting would would really care. The other part is just where do we want to eat today? Yeah. Let's go to that restaurant that everybody's talking about. Well, right at the end of this right at the end of this article, they asked somebody about what they thought of the controversy and the guys like, "I really don't know what's going on. I just like fried chicken." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> Yes, exactly. Isn't that kind of a, delicious fried chicken? Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I totally agree with you on this, and I think, um, you know, it's it's sad to see, uh, it's sad to see the the protest. So I often say that as a post millennial, whenever I get into eschatological debates, here you just said that it's permeating everything. So this is I'm in eschatology two hundred one mode, everybody. Just so you know, um, but. Uh, Whenever I get into eschatological debates, I find that I'm I'm though though I'm passionate about it, I'm I'm the least this is gonna sound like I'm bragging, and I'll explain what I mean and why I don't think I'm bragging, but I, I feel like the least insecure person in the room. And what I mean by that is that with postmillennialism, there's a built-in, there's a built-in kind of fail-safe, and that is eventually you'll see it my way. <laughs> 
because in 2000 years, if you know, nine, nine more blood moons have come and gone, like at some point you're going to give up your view here. Right. And I think that, um, you know, post-millennialism really does kind of lend itself to, um, security in, in that. And I often talk about, you know, patience with these sorts of things. And, uh, and I think, when you look at um, the Christian worldview, the Christian worldview allows us to have less insecurity than the rest of the world, right? The, the, we understand Jesus died on the cross. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Like you want to protest Chick-fil-A at the end of the day. What, what's, what does it matter? The Christian worldview is actually the least insecure worldview in that it's a Christian worldview that allows for freedom of religion, for freedom of belief. We're totally fine with other people not believing because we recognize that at the end of the day, Jesus will win, <laughs> right? He will conquer unbelief either through your glory and damnation, <laughs> either either by glorifying uh, him through your damnation or glorifying his mercy um, through your salvation. So um, it, it's the secular worldview that is so insecure that it can't allow places like Chick-fil-A to exist. And that's, I guess that's the point I'm trying to make. A secular humanistic worldview has to convince the rest of the world that, um, of the intolerance, um, that they believe because, uh, at the end of the day, there is no security. It, it is a house of cards. And so one entity that exists like Chick-fil-A totally destroys their view of, of progress, right? It threatens the progress that the LGBT community has made over however many years. So I think as Christians, we need to be far more secure than that. Let's not go out and protest silly things. Let's just let uh, a worldview of life win out over a light, uh, worldview of death. Yeah, it's good. That, it's nice that you said that because like uh, they they fight so hard against this restaurant, which like let's be honest, it's just a restaurant. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's converting people to Christianity. Um, you don't eat chicken and then become baptized. Like it's not, <laughs> it's not the way it works. Um, even though the Presbyterians would probably let you believe that. No, I'm just like <laughs> kidding guys. Um, but what I, what I like, they fight all these things because every single, every single thing that doesn't right away conform shows that there is, there are people who don't believe what they believe and they have to fight all these things because like you said, they have to crush all opposition to them so that nobody can say anything. And it's funny that a, a restaurant that like the owner is like, Oh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with this has become like a, basically a target of hate. And it's right. like, it's not a symbol of hate. If you eat Chick-fil-A, just like, it's not a symbol of like what you stand for. If you drink, Pepsi or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know all these other companies, they all stand for some stuff. Like it's just very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> I got, uh, I got something else for you here. Um, uh, there's a new, uh, there's a new sexual identity. I wasn't sure if you're aware of. Um, so I thought I would just, uh, inform and educate a little bit for you. <laughs> Is this going to be about plants again? No, no. So we, we have already talked we have covered in rebel news, eco-sexuals. I'm, I'm actively wanting to meet one for the record. Like if you happen to be an eco-sexual, like you like, know what you need to reach an out. I want to, I would just, I just have questions. Chris has questions. <laughs> How that works. So ecosexuals, you Not might really remember. Not really about how it works. <laughs> Chris, uh, no, sorry. So ecosexuals, we talked about this before, those who identify as, as those who have um, sexual relationships with the earth. Uh, and now there are uh, digisexuals. Have you heard of this? No. So digisexuals. 
um, is, uh, this is a, another CBC article. Um, a digisexual is somebody who uh, uses technology in either their relationship or sexuality. Um, so there was, for example, there was a guy in Japan, um, a 35-year-old Japanese man who uh, in, November, in November of last year married a hologram. Um, there was a woman in uh, Oregon who applied to um, marry her computer. Um, and increasingly, um, there are, and there's uh, two of them in Toronto and several of them uh, throughout other uh, bigger cities in the States and in Canada of um, uh, what they're calling digi- digital and robot brothels. Like virtual reality? So some of them have virtual reality stuff and then other ones apparently just have I, what, I don't know. The article just, I, I, we're not going on a field trip anytime soon, but um, the, the article describes them as sex robots. So this is a new sexual preference, but this is what I want to get at. So like we can, we can do this where we just mock things. And let's be honest, Elijah, when he was taking on the 500 prophets of Baal, he just mocked them, right? I, there is a time and a place for just mocking people's beliefs because that's not it's what we're so doing. stupid. That's not what we're going to do right now? We can do that if you want to. That's, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just lending legitimacy to just laughing at things. And okay, I, think, I think even like things like evolution are at the place now where our best strategy as Christians is just to mock it, right? Um, so we can mock it. Feel free. Load up all the jokes you want, Chris. But here's, I wanted to read part of the article. Load, upload I thought, them? Hey. <laughs> um, I wanted to read part of this article, which I thought was interesting. We shouldn't create, so MacArthur, who is uh, kind of the spokesperson for this new sexual, his name's Neil MacArthur. Um, is no, gonna, no relation. Uh, to, John. <laughs> to John, no, to Johnny Mac. Um, so this guy, Neil MacArthur, is kind of a spokesperson for this new sexual identity. I think he he coined the phrase or something, but he says, we shouldn't create a new closet for digisexuals. If we've learned anything from a history of stigmatizing people with marginalized sexual identities, it's that we always realize later that we shouldn't have done that. So maybe we should just skip that right now and just accept this as something that can be normal and healthy. Then the the author of the article goes on to say, so will digisexuality one day become as accepted a sexual identity within the mainstream culture? MacArthur thinks so. And then we're quoting Neil MacArthur again. We've become so much more open to alternative sexualities and we're becoming so much more open to the role of technology that I think it won't be long until we see digisexuality as a part of the rainbow of human sexual experience. And I guess... All I want to comment on, I feel like we've made this comment a lot, um, but this is the culture that we live in, so it keeps coming up in headlines. We're, we're living in a Romans 1 culture, and there's a reason why homosexuality is listed in Levitical law right alongside bestiality and um, uh, all kinds of other sexual taboos, right? Um, and it, like whether it's incest or bestiality, um, it, a lot of people who are sensitive to uh, kind of the gay Christian movement, they hate it when Christians bring that up, that they're all listed together and that Romans 1 talks about this sort of degradation, this, this, this falling away into more and more depravity. The reason they're all listed together is because one leads to the other. And part of the problem is, is it, the moment you, and I get that some Christians, it's hard for you to hear what I'm about to say, but the moment you accept a sexual perversion, like homosexuality is a legitimate view, then the next, the, the next least, um, the, the next least awful sexual perversion 
jumps on like, well, we want to be accepted too. And it's going to just keep going. So you go, you get into these weird ecosexuals and digisexuals. And we've talked on this podcast before that it's not long before pedophilia becomes mainstream and just yet another sexual identity. And so, um, this, this isn't a saying, this isn't saying that's bad because this is worse than it, it leads to here. This is saying all sexual perversion that is outside of God's design is sexual perversion and it's sinful and you can't pick and choose which ones you're okay with emotionally and which ones you aren't. Because every Christian, and I'll do air quotes on Christian, every Christian I've talked to who accepts homosexuality as, a, as, a, as a, an acceptable practice, um, they, they draw an arbitrary line. They say, oh no, pedophilia, never. Ecosexuality, no, that's crazy. Or, or they may draw the line at transgenderism, but you can't draw an arbitrary line. If you can't appeal to the objective standard of scripture, then you have nothing concrete to appeal to. All that matters is the, um, the ethos of the culture. And guess what? This is the direction of the ethos. Yeah, absolutely. Can we can we now mock it? Yeah, mock it all you want, man. <laughs> mock it all you want, man. No, I, I'm not. I'm not actually. There's nothing. We've we've said all the jokes that we need to <laughs> we download <laughs> from about these ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the the thing is, the thing about these things is that no, notice it's not like this isn't a wide percentage of the population. And a reason that I keep bringing that up because it's not like oh, if it was 25 percent, we'd accept it. It's not that at all. It's these are the things that used to be just we would just label the person that's insane. And we would yep. get them help, put them in, like literally commit them, like all, all those things, because we be like, that's weird and that's insane. But because because people have softened on all these on these things, just like you said, they no longer can say this is insane. You can no longer draw a, la- a line. When in the one yep. movie, what's it, Anchorman? When he's like, I love lamp. We all laugh because that's ridiculous, but. Like legitimately now you can't say that he doesn't love lamp. Right. You know what I mean? And it's just like, and it's, and it's one of those things where you're just like, right. It's gone. So stupid, like so stupid. What there's nothing now that can stop anybody from saying they love anyone. Right. And then, or anything anything. or any, like, you know, I, I love, I love the, I love everything. You know what I mean? So, um, and then the other joke that I was going to make was like, Lando was the first one of these. Like, <laughs> that's true. Lando like Disney was like, you know what? And that's, that's actually, that's one of the things that I thought solo was a better star Wars movie than, um, any of the, like the last Jedi or those. But, um, that was the one beef we had with it was this very sexualized robot. T3. Was that T3? Yeah. No, T3 is the good one in rogue one. I think. Oh, uh, L4. Something like that. Yeah. Um, anyway, but yeah, there was this, this weird, this weird relationship between the two of them. And, uh, um, that's Disney throwing up its flag, right? Yeah. Um, okay. So let's, uh, well, I got one for about throwing up flags. That's got a bit of a bit of trouble for, for yeah. you. Um, football season has started Yep. since I know you're such a huge fan. I am. Um, so Drew Brees, um, got himself into a bit of trouble. So yeah. Drew Brees is a quarterback. I like Drew Brees. Most people see him to Drew Brees is like one of those universally kind of liked guys yeah. in the NFL. Uh, well, he got in trouble because he supported uh, Bring Your Bible to School Day. And so he... Oh, see, now I like him even more. <laughs> so, so do I. Um, the Purdue boy. Um, basically, he said, and he asked him to celebrate religious freedom and share God's love with their friends. And then he went on to say, um, one of his favorite verses is, two, is 2 Corinthians 5, 7. So, for we live by faith, but not by sight. And just wanted to encourage everybody. Well, what's happened since then? Everybody's turned on him. Of course. And now yeah. his teammates are having to come and be like, chill, man. Drew Brees is a great guy. 
So I only bring it up because it's it's interesting. It's interesting because what like he he plants this like this is like this is a guy who's he's made his money, he's made yep. his career, he's made his legacy. And he comes out. He comes out with playing, him. right? Oh yeah, yeah. He, I'm, he I'm showing how much of a fan I really am. <laughs> yeah. he, he seems like he should still be playing. He's a good quarterback. Quarterbacks play forever. Yeah. This is what I've learned. Yeah. Um, but no, he can't. Are the he, Patriots going to win this season? They win every year, don't yeah. they? Okay. Just, <laughs> no, the Rams are going to yeah. win this year. Oh, okay. But anyway, that's a side point. Um, anyway, he came out and and what happens is the anti the LGBT community turns on him. Of course. And it's just like, hold on, he hasn't said anything against you guys at all. He just encouraged people to celebrate. His line was celebrate religious freedom. He didn't even say celebrate Christian freedom. Right. It's just like celebrate religious freedom and share God's love with your friends. What is wrong with what he said in any worldview? Right. But this, this comes back to the insecurity of secularism, right? The insecurity of secularism says that we must squash all resistance, right? Like secular humanism is the Borg. Right. From Star Trek. Right. Resistance is futile. Right. They, they just want to take over everything. There's no coexisting. What's the what's the famous line from Picard where he says there is no. Uh, when he's talking about you're, the Borg, you know, you're, you're asking the wrong. Oh, guy. man. Resistance Steve Pye. <laughs> Steve Pye. If you're listening, what is what is uh, what is uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, famous line? When he talks about uh, the Borg. Where he's saying, like, if, you know, they, they invade our space and we draw back. And he says something about like the if, line must be drawn if, here. If it's, only it's, there was super good. these devices that we had right at our fingertips, like computers and know, iPads but, that yeah. we could like, you know, search on this magical <laughs> thing. We might one might call question. it Googling. <laughs> We could even press pause on the recording and I could find it, but we're we're streaming now. This is we're this is, we're, this is live. Yeah, if I'm not covering over my uh, my uh, Chuck Chuck away or whatever the thing was for the Chick Fil A. All right. In fairness, I can I all confess. Yep. I feel bad that you 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 clucked it up so bad earlier. <laughs> um, I, I even made our sound guy laugh there. Yeah. Um, He'll probably edit that out, but I, not my, I my awkwardly, There's two words that I awkwardly can't say, um, and they come up quite often in, in the church. Um, but I, I went for a long time calling this Chick-fil-A or Chick-fil-A, um, uh, Chick-fil-A, and Chick-fil- all the, like, all the, like, just things like that, like, and people just let it go long enough that I actually went to the restaurant and they corrected me, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, that's, that's awkward." It's like when you go to Starbucks and ask for a large, and they say "venti." <laughs> that's like, just like, that's what? just super pretentious. pretentious. Um, um, where were we? What are we talking about? Oh, Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Yeah. So, um, secular humanism is the Borg in that they they uh, are not okay with shared space. Right. Christians understand Jesus is Lord, whether you bow to Him or not. Jesus is King of the Universe, whether you acknowledge it or not. And we will plead to you be reconciled to christ but there we will not force it right and this is where this is where christianity has actually gotten into problems right during the spanish inquisition there was people who would interrogate um interrogate prisoners and uh and literally throw grenades in with them and tell them to you know give their lives to christ before the grenade went off and stuff like that like there's crazy stuff that have that's gone on um, but Christianity is never by force in fact it's by laying down your own life for the sake of others and um, so only in a Christian worldview can um, competing religious ideas exist because Christianity would just say Christianity will win out because Christ is king. Every other worldview has to try to win out by force, just like Islam, right? This is this is the Islamic worldview. This is the secular humanistic worldview. Resistance is futile. We're going to take you over. And we're so insecure because Drew Brees, talking about religious freedom, is a threat to their existence. Mm. 
you know, some yeah, drag queen reading stories to my son at the library. My son does not go to drag queen story hour, FYI, but that is, that would not be a threat, right? That is not a world warping threat to me. I don't want it to happen. I don't think it should happen. And I'll speak out against it, but it's not a threat to Jesus sitting on the throne. Jesus sits on the throne, whether there are trannies pretending he doesn't or not. So is trannies the acceptable vernacular? Probably not. Actually, I got, uh, speaking of trannies, <laughs> uh, we have, uh, so a story coming out of Portland, Oregon, um, just a couple of days ago. Um, there was a drag queen, um, who was, uh, reading stories at the, uh, the recent li- or the, the drag queen story hour, um, who there were a bunch of, uh, photos that went viral, um, and started being shared around social media from a lot of Christians who have been opposing this uh, drag queen story hour. And, uh, and it was this, this particular man uh, in Portland, Oregon, who was like wrestling with the kids after the story. So he's all dressed up in drag. He's got like a freaky, almost like, a, um, like an it clown face. Not really it, like he doesn't look like a monster. But he doesn't it's look like, like Pennywise? No. Well, you tell me. Here's the picture. This is not good radio, but that's what he looks like, okay? Kind of clowny. That's terrifying. Clown, yeah, clowny, tranny, dude. Anyway, he has disco ball earrings. Make that the thumbnail for the... For this episode. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so he was wrestling around with the kids, and, and the photos and the videos that were taken by some parents and some onlookers are pretty rough. Like, kind of grindy, like kind of, kind of all over. Um, but what was interesting is that... Um, so there's photo evidence. You can go on LifeSite News and, and take a look at it. Go to LifeSite News and just uh, just like look up Portland, Oregon, uh, Drag Queen Story Hour. Um, and so anyway, this this went uh, this went kind of viral. And uh, there were some pictures that were even taken from the people in the library, and they put them on their Flickr account, and they were quickly removed after um, this this thing kind of went uh, got blown up. Anyway, this this uh, this guy basically accused the children of playing too rough with him, and so rather than kind of taking ownership of like I was getting a little too physical with the kids, I maybe should have asked their parents. I you know maybe maybe my some of my motions to them were inappropriate. He basically said that the children riled him up by playing too rough with him. So all I want to say is that it's interesting when. A people group like the LGBT community who is used to playing the victim becomes the abuser. They still try to play the victim card. And so the only victim card that had that they could have played was blaming it on the children because that's the only people who were present at the time. In fact, in this particular in this particular uh, drag queen story hour library, they don't actually allow the parents to stay for it. Like so I would just Anybody who happens to listen to us, who is in support of this kind of junk, I would just go on, take a look at this story, and find some way to justify this. He's going to send kids home, or kids' parents home. He's going to wrestle around with these children while he's dressed up like a clown tranny demon, and he's going to make gyrating gestures in their faces and then he's going to blame the kids for playing too rough with him it baffles my mind that this is going on this is getting pushed by cbc this this baffles my mind that this is in the world right now but it doesn't baffle my mind because we we, i know we we started this process we just kind of went over that but what 
what blows my mind isn't isn't that the, that there are people like that this that are trying to get away with this these these things. It's that it's that there's parents bringing their kids there. Yeah. Like, even if you support, like if you're a parent, even if you supported the the movement, you were fine with pride and pri- fine with all the. Um, stuff like that, you're probably like, I don't know of any, I've never met one parent who's fine with pedophilia and I've never met one parent who's fine with like strangers rolling on their kids. Right. Like any stranger, let any alone, strangers, yeah. like for instance, at our church, like kids are always jumping on people. It's just, it's like the thing, like they're workers and things like that. But the people who have that happen, they're not falling on the ground, rolling around with them. It's like, no, don't like, you know what I mean? And the parents stop that from happening because it's weird. Right. This is weird. Like, even if it is, even if this guy didn't have a tranny, like hooker face on, um, is it, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. like it would be weird if it just, a guy came and read a story to the kids, took the parents out of the room. That's all red flags. Yes. Like it just, it's, it's mind boggling for that but what do you expect from a culture who has so little value in children that we'd let them be genocide anyway like so we have a, a culture who's like well if they survive long enough to go to university we won't make them pay for it anyway but um and if they survive long enough great okay so i i got something else that i wanted to chat about there's a court case going on right now in california i don't know if you're aware of this there's this guy and a girl, uh, Delayden and Merritt, who are charged with 15 felony accounts of illegal taping of confidential information in connection with an underco- with undercover videos that they released in 2015 after the three-year covert investigation into Planned Parenthood's buying and selling of baby body parts. So these two infiltrated Planned Parenthood um, as employees and used various recording, um, video and audio recording devices in order to prove that Planned Parenthood was selling body parts. Um, So first of all, I would encourage anybody who isn't following this case to go on. There are uh, video, LifeSite News has been uh, reporting this really well. Um, You can can go on and see the video or the audio transcripts of um, what has been uncovered through their, their, their tapes. Um, this is Planned Parenthood on record saying that they sell beating baby hearts of aborted fetuses, um, that they sell body parts to various vaccine making places. There's all kinds of stuff that uh, that this has uncovered. But what's interesting is that so these two are now being charged with 15 felony accounts of this. So they they uncovered gross misconduct in Planned Parenthood and nobody's going after Planned Parenthood, but they're going after the, these two people who... Um, got the recording and found like nefarious, like horrible things that were going on in Planned Parenthood. And these guys are under 15 felony accounts of illegal taping. So first of all, I would encourage you go on and, and find out what they've discovered through this. And then what's so ridiculous is that in California, the attorney general has uh, been seeking. So they just asked for a gag order to restrict pro-life reporting on this hearing. So basically now what they're asking for is everything that's uncovered, which is all public knowledge, right, in this in, in criminal court, um, it, the California Attorney General is seeking a gag order for sites like LifeSite News and, and Worldview in 5 Minutes and all those Christian news sources who are following this story closely and showing and trying to expose what's been exposed to Planned Parenthood 
all the while in California, they're trying to villainize the two who uncovered this. And I would just say, like, what's the greater sin here, right? Illegally taping or th- this this would be like this. Is, honestly, this is, you know, I, I, we use these analogies with uh, in the in the last couple of uh, episodes with uh, Carter and uh, and Bruxy and that. But this would be like having, you know, video evidence of somebody doing horrible things um, because the neighbor had a video camera that was pointing into the neighbor's backyard and in the neighbor's backyard, they, you know, murdered their kid and buried him in the backyard. And then that fam, that, that husband or that father turning around and suing them for having a camera pointing in his backyard and nobody goes after the murderer. That's, that's what is going on here. And it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, it's not shocking though, because the attorney general of California, well, how, how does he get there? He gets well, there because that, lobbyist because groups, California, yeah. exactly paid paid for by plan. Right. Like we have a, we have a, a completely corrupt state. Yes, from the top down, who are funded by a corporation which is now being found out, like which they've always should have been, but yep. very publicly being found out. Well, what do we expect them to do? Well, they we expect them to try to cover their tracks. Yeah. They're the mafia. You know what I mean? Like the, the only difference is they don't put a hit on these people. You know what I mean? Like, and let's Yet. be honest, if it was Washington State, they probably would. Right. Like, um, I don't know if Washington's more liberal. I just picked a state that was close to California. Uh, but no, it's Pretty it's, it's not it's not shocking at this point. You know what? I I will say like. Amen for the the people who yeah you know what you you did broke the law, break the law but to shine light on on these like nefarious deeds hey, yeah let's let's yeah. let's support them when they when they go to prison because they will yeah um, and they'll go to probably you know LaGuardia or one of those right. like massive like I, I don't think that's an airport not no. a prison um, San Quentin San Quentin <laughs> is the big prison I'm like whoa that's a horrible sentence. <laughs> I hate airports. <laughs> Give me San Quentin. Yeah. Um, no, but they'll they'll end up going to to jail. Yeah. Let's let's continue to show our support for them. Like we, we made the we made the the comment earlier about there's no need for us to go out and like protest against the protesters protesting Chick Fil A. These are the kind of things. Let's rally around yeah. these people. Agreed. Let's Agreed. rally around when they're in jail. Let's let's go and support and protest that they're in prison. Yeah. For this because. This is what Planned Parenthood is doing. We all we, is well versed on this podcast. Well versed for most people who have, who are listening to this. We all know it's the darkest of places, right? Even for what they're what they're doing, this is illegal on all levels. Even yeah. if a, the abortion side is legal, you are not allowed to sell like baby <laughs> body parts, anybody's body part. You're not allowed <laughs> to sell, do any of these things, and we've caught them. Right. So let's let's I my my prayer and I think our our prayer should be let's let's have a judge who's bold enough in California to say I don't care. I yeah. want to I want to see the evidence and I want to put plan parenthood on trial yeah. for what they've done. So and and you actually perfectly segued into the way I wanted to kind of end this episode. So I just want to end with a little bit of an update. Uh we we talked about a a case a few months ago about a father who was opposing his transgender child's pursuit of testosterone therapy um in BC, right? You remember this story? Yeah. And uh and a a BC court found that he was um inflicting harm on his uh son who wants to transition to be uh, a girl. 
And, uh, and basically the BC court um, expressed that the dad's expression of rights end at the point where they begin to harm the child. And they deemed that the child was being harmed by their father's anti-trans views. Um, and so we just wanted to supply a bit of an update. And that is that he, the father once again lost in the appeals court in BC. Um, so once again, his parental rights have been taken away. The child um, has now started uh, hormone therapy and uh, the, the court, the BC courts, have uh, ruled in favor of the child receiving hormone therapy. Um, I think uh, this is bad in all kinds of ways. Uh, we reported on this originally, and one of the things that we said was, um, this is the erosion of consent, right? So this is a 14-year-old son who wants to be a girl whose father's rights are now being taken away so that 14-year-old can pursue their sexual freedom. Anybody who thinks that this won't have implications for pedophilia in the future is grossly mistaken. Yeah, um, so this is, a, this is a brutal case, but we don't need to rehash the whole thing. We've, we've covered it before. I wanted to provide that update and, and kind of tie that in with what you said at the end. Praying for um, these two individuals who are under uh, 15 uh, counts of felony illegal taping in California. Um, as Christians, we ought to pray for the culture. We ought to pray for the things. You know, um, Pastor Wei Ying is still in jail in China from uh, latter rain, uh, or sorry, early rain um, covenant church in China. He's still in, he's still in prison. He still has not been brought up in charges. He's still being illegally detained by the Chinese government. Um, some of these, these news items that we cover are ongoing and it's not just about going through the news item and then saying, how should we think about this biblically? Of course, that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to equip you to engage culture with a biblical worldview so that when these stories are being talked about at your workplace and with your neighbors, you have some um, ammunition for how you can talk about this and how you can get it around to the gospel and, and God's biblical truth. But it's about more than just helping you think through it. It's also a call to pray for these things. Yeah. And let's not forget the ongoing cases. There's a real father who's being denied his parental rights in BC right now, who another court has told him that they have a more of a say in his child's sexual future than he does. Um, there are individuals who are likely, like you said, likely going to lose their freedom in California because they tried to take down the biggest supplier of abortions in America. These people deserve our prayers. Pastor Wei Ying from Early Rain Church deserves your prayers. So keep praying for the culture. Add this to your, and you might not remember every piece of rebel news. I don't remember every piece of rebel news. Um, but one thing you can pray for, if you remember the individual story is great. But even if you don't, just pray for all of those things that are happening in the culture. For all the parents whose rights are being taken away. And we, there, there's all kinds of stuff that doesn't make rebel news. Chris was just telling me about a family who um, the, the parents are being put in jail in Cuba for uh, homeschooling their kids in Cuba, right? This is what happens when a, uh, when a communist socialist government takes power. They take rights away from you. They don't, don't <laughs> lose sight of the fact that all of the current American uh, nomination uh, nominate, nominees for Democratic uh, candidates are all socialists. Don't miss the fact that Justin Trudeau is a socialist. And um, this, is, this is where the culture is heading. But... 
for revival, but for the preventative grace of Jesus and the Holy Spirit. So let's pray for the culture. Let's pray for all these cultural heroes, the Jack Phillips of the world who are losing their livelihood and are at the front lines of the culture wars. Pray for these individuals and don't neglect them after Rebel News is done. Amen. Anything you want to add before we wrap this up? Uh, No, I just have more Rebel News that I just stumbled across. We'll save it for next time. All right, we'll save it for next time. All right, we'll see you all next week. And uh, until then, uh, make sure that your Christian worldview is uh, influencing the way you read headlines, the way you interact with your neighbors, the way you interact with your families, and uh, the lives that you live. Keep on clucking on. (laughs) Oh, man. See you next week.